It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on all things BYU athletics, covering everything you need to know when it comes to the BYU Cougars, insider information, news, notes, and opinion you can't find anywhere else. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily podcast network in America. So thanks again for your continued support of the show. Today's show, an early signing day special, recapping everything that we have learned about BYU's signing class so far, 14 players have signed in the class as expected for the Cougars. We'll break that down here in this first segment. Second segment of the show, we'll talk about some other BYU football news and notes, a player getting a medical hardship, as well as seven players being honored on Phil Steele's all-independent team as well. And the final segment of the show, we will get you caught up with Week 15 for former Cougars and the pros in the NFL ranks. A big opportunity, it appears, for Jamal Williams going forward with the Green Bay Packers. We'll catch you up on all of that as we go along in today's show. Brought to you today by our good friends at Sling TV, and we'll tell you about them here in a little bit. All right, without further ado, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for December 19th, 2018. Oh, signing day. Don't you love it? Okay, I know there's some of you that are saying, no, I don't love it, Jake. Stop talking about this. I'm sick of recruiting, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? I get that people don't like recruiting, especially with BYU when guys go on missions and you don't see them on campus for possibly three years, but it is the lifeblood of any college football program, and my job on this podcast is to update you on everything about BYU, and we are talking about it. The early signing window for college football opened this morning at 7 o'clock local time, wherever recruits lived, whatever time zone you're in, so whenever it turns 7 a.m., you can sign your national letter of intent. BYU adds 14 players to this recruiting class. The large majority of them will be going on missions before enrolling at BYU. But a big class for BYU. I know coaches are excited about who they signed, and they also have some more options to fill slots when it comes to the National Signing Day in February. So there's still some time to make up for lost uh recruits or lost time with guys that didn't sign with the Cougars but a 14 player class and let's talk about it here for a moment Um, overall I think this is a decent class all around with two gaping holes Uh, let's start off with the bad news first the gaping holes are at running back as well as a wide receiver prospect that can go deep Uh, you need to have a receiver that can take the top off a defense BYU hasn't had that for a couple of years and they've been 
looking for. They chased a Juco prospect and Brandon Pierce that didn't turn out uh, the way BYU had hoped. They also chased some Juco running backs to no effect, it appears so far. But all is not lost in either one of those positions because, like I said, you still have a chance. You have a you have an opportunity now to kind of pick up the pieces and now look at what prospects are left over and recruit guys to get BYU players that you feel like, hey, they can make a difference for us. Uh, so that's the bad news is the BYU has two gaping holes and now they have about a month and a half to find answers at the running back and wide receiver positions. But outside of that, I felt like BYU plugged the holes they had or rounded out some depth issues fairly well with this recruiting class. Let's run down the names real quick. We'll start it off. Their first recruit to sign was Brooks Miley out of Pineview High School this morning. Six foot four, 280 pound prospect out of Pineview High School in St. George, Utah. Uh, Miley's been committed for a very long time, over two years. He's going to go on a mission, but I would expect he comes back and he'll line up a defensive tackle. Unless he loses a lot of weight on his mission, then possibly maybe move him to defensive end. But he'll be back off a mission. The crown jewel of BYU's recruiting class, four-star quarterback Jacob Conover from Chandler, Arizona and Chandler High School. He was the second national letter of intent sent in this morning. A six-foot-one, 200-pound quarterback. I'm really liking what I see from Conover when I watch his film. And over the next few weeks or so, uh, whenever I have a show where I maybe don't have a lot of um, content for it, I'm actually going to start doing individual evaluations. I'll watch the high school tape, the highlight tapes of these young men, and give you my take on them. But let's be real, I'm, no, I'm not an expert when it comes to BYU recruiting. I'll freely admit that. I like to cover it. I have some sources on it, but I don't cover it day in and day out like certain guys do. But I will give you my take on guys. So guys like Jacob Conover, I'm very high on. Another kid that signed, Keanu Hill, out of Euless, Texas, Trinity High School. Uh, played in a very run-heavy scheme. He's a wide receiver, though. Father, Lloyd Hill, was an All-American at Texas Tech, so he's got the bloodlines to be a productive wide receiver. We'll see how he adjusts to playing in a more balanced offense than what uh, Trinity High School runs. Eric Ellison is the lone Juco signing in this class. A 5'11 defensive back prospect from Mount, Mount, Mount San Jacinto College there in Southern California. Originally from Banning High School in Banning, California. A kid that played uh, returner, kick returner, punt returner, running back, and in the defensive backfield at uh, Mount, Hensis, Mount San Jacinto, if I can pronounce that correctly, excuse me. Uh, a guy that could contribute all over the field, but currently slated to be a defensive back for the Cougars. Carter Wheat, a tight end prospect from Mesa, Arizona and Red Mountain High School. Son of former BYU offensive lineman Warren Wheat. Uh, Warren played in the late 80s, uh, mid to late 80s, 86 to 89, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. But Carter Wheat, similar to his dad, more of a blocking tight end. A guy that loves to get down in the trenches and block. And I expect he'll be a welcome addition after a mission. Oh, actually, excuse me. I screwed up on that. I got corrected on this. I thought he was going to go on a mission, but I was told by a source who would know that he is going to enroll at BYU this coming season, 2019, and play at least a year before going on a mission. So a blocking tight end, a guy that doesn't mind getting down and dirty. Carter Wheat, a welcome addition to this to this uh, class. The source also said that he's very underrated as a pass catcher. We'll see how it shakes out there. Blake Free 
Freeland from Harriman High School, also signed with BYU today. Six foot eight, two hundred and sixty pound athlete, could play multiple positions. He even kicked for his high school there in Harriman. I expect he ends up as the as an offensive lineman. That's where BYU lists him on their signing list. He's going to go on a mission after a year at BYU. It sounds like he'll play his first year for the Cougars. We'll see how his body rounds out because he could end up on the defensive line as well. Very tall kid, six eight, like I said, but he's got a nice frame, and BYU is very excited to have him. Caleb Christensen from Skyview High School, five foot nine prospect, slated to play in the defensive backfield for BYU. Brings legit track speed to BYU. A guy that's not afraid to face off against bigger wide receivers. Feels like he has the physicality to overcome it, and we'll see how he develops for the Cougars. Bruce Mitchell out of Camas, Utah, and South Summit High School, a small school, a two-way school in the state of Utah, but Bruce Mitchell, a man amongst boys. I had a chance to watch him in person a couple of times this past season. And with small school prospects, you want to see a guy who stands out, who is better than everybody else on the field, and that's what I feel like Bruce Mitchell was. A six foot four, two hundred and sixty-five pound prospect will serve a mission before enrolling at BYU, but slated to play on the defensive line for the Cougars upon his return home. Ethan Erickson, the other tight end in this class from Kahuku High School in Kahuku, Hawaii, a great player. I think that he is going to be a pass catching option more in the mold of a Dallin Holker. Rather than a, a Carter Wheat, who is more that blocking type, a JJ and Wigway type, etc. But Ethan Erickson can catch the ball, and he's got a big frame, 6'5, 225, and he'll be a guy that'll go on a mission and return home, hopefully just in time to take over for some of the tight ends currently on BYU's roster. Michael Daly, a linebacker slash defensive end prospect out of Lone Peak High School in Highland, Utah. I'm very excited about Michael Daly. I feel like he can really rush the passer, can make a lot of plays on the perimeter of the defense, rushing the passer, and he's going to be a welcome addition to BYU after a mission. Uh, Brock Gunderson, an offensive lineman. Uh, BYU bringing in two offensive linemen. Brock Gunderson, one of them from Cypress High School, Cypress Woods High School to be exact. Six foot four prospect, played in a run heavy scheme. BYU wants to run the ball, and this kid has been trained to run block in his high school career. So I'm sure uh, Ryan Pugh and Jeff Grimes will enjoy having him. He is joined by Elijah Unatoa or Eli Unatoa from Kapa'a High School in Kapa'a, Hawaii. 6'5", 290 pounds. I'm really excited about Unatoa, a guy that's not on social media, so he didn't get a lot of the pub that I think he deserved. Him and Gunderson, guys slated to go on missions but return home and expected to slot right into the BYU offensive line. Uh, and then the final guys that signed as of recording of this podcast, because always could be always could be surprises, include Chase Roberts, the wide receiver from American Fork High School in American Fork, Utah. 6'4", 195 pounds. The U.S., uh, no, under Armor All-American honoree, a guy that uh, BYU fans had some worries about potentially flipping to Utah. His national letter of intent is in. As we reported, he was expected to sign with BYU, and he followed through on that. Going on a mission, but will be back, and I'm expecting him to be a big-time playmaker for the Cougars. He did it at the high school level, and here's to, uh, here's to him doing it in a BYU uniform. And then finally, George Udo um, from Walnut Creek, California, Berean Christian 
Christian High School. Uh, slated currently as a defensive back slash linebacker prospect on BYU's release. Six foot one, 210 pounds. Like I said, BYU may bulk him up and play him at that flash linebacker position, but they are excited to have him on board. They feel like they found a diamond in the rough. He got a ratings bump when he committed to BYU, now solidly a three-star prospect according to 24-7 Sports. But BYU coaches, I know, were very excited to have his signature and get him on board after he committed last week because they felt like if he would have hung out there after this early signing period, other programs probably would have picked up on him and maybe stolen him away from the Cougars. But he will be a BYU Cougar, and I know the coaches are very excited to have him on board. All right, uh, taking a lot of time here in this first segment, but I wanted to get to two thoughts that I wanted to play some thoughts from Brandon Huffman. He's the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, one of the foremost authorities when it comes to high school recruiting, does an incredible job for 24-7 Sports. My buddies Mitch Harper and Jeff Hansen over Cougar Sports Insider do a great job on 24-7 Sports as well, and Brandon Huffman's part of that. He joined David James and Patrick Kinahan on my morning radio show this morning to talk talk about the National Signing Day and had a couple of thoughts on BYU I wanted to play for you. Uh, first was his thoughts on Jacob Conover, and he is very excited for this young man. As far as Jacob Conover, I love him. Saw him a lot this offseason. Saw him at a number of 7-on-7 seven seven events. Saw him at the Elite 11 Finals. A kid that I just think it, it, you, uh, BYU fans are going to love because he's just a competitor. He's a winner. He's a guy that he treats seven on seven game like a Super Bowl Sunday. He doesn't get lax. I see a lot of quarterbacks that they're they're very casual. I remember when Teddy Bridgewater was at the Nike seven on ten, eleven years, he was dancing as he was audibling plays and making play calls. Jacob Conover is much more of a okay guy, just win this game, get on my back, and, and took his seven on seven team at the biggest national event of the year to the championship game. So whether it's seven on seven or eleven on eleven, I think BYU cares much more about the eleven on eleven aspect. Jacob Conover is the kind of quarterback that you want. With him planning to go on his mission right away, it gives him a little bit of a gap between him and Zach Wilson. So I think when he comes back, he'll have a chance to compete. There you go, Brandon Huffman on Jacob Conover. And it sounds like if you if you read that, if you hear that, and I'll read that, if you hear that from Brandon Huffman, that screams a little bit. He's a guy who wants to win. He is dedicated. That screams to me he's got a little bit of Max Hall in him. Uh, Max Hall, also a kid from the Valley of the Sun down there in the Phoenix, uh, Glendale, greater uh, metropolis of what they've got down there in the Valley of the Sun. And if Jacob Conover is anything like Max Hall, BYU fans are going to be very excited. Uh, Brandon Huffman also had some thoughts overall on BYU's class that he shared with DJ and PK. And here was his thoughts on BYU's class as a whole. I think BYU's class is going to be strong, you know, considering that they still can close with some other guys in December. I'm sorry, in January, maybe not signing everybody in December. They've got some key commits in this class that I like. Uh, they have some guys that, you know, could play right away. They have other guys that, you know, will probably need a couple of years, but uh, some guys that I think were real steals. I know some schools were coming after Michael Daly late uh, from American Fork, from Lone Peak High School, uh, a linebacker, big kid, 60, 225-pounder. George Udo, who's from Berrien Christian. Uh, it's kind of a small school up in the Bay Area, but the receiver that he replaced has been a two-year starter at Oregon State immediately. George is not as big as Isaiah Hodgins there, but he's a little faster, and Hodgins is playing right away at Oregon State. So some guys in that class that I love, obviously Conover as well. There you go, Brandon Huffman on BYU's recruiting class. 
came away from that feeling a little bit better about BYU's class. It's not exactly the highest rated class, but BYU's classes rarely are. Uh, and it's just simply how it goes. BYU's not recruiting on the level of a Utah or a P5 currently. I know they've been working to get to that level, but it's just it's a long slog up that mountain. And here's hoping BYU can get there. But it sounds like Brandon Huffman is bullish on BYU's recruiting class, and that should excite BYU fans. All right, we will take a timeout here. We'll come back, talk about some other BYU notes, some players being honored by Phil Steele, as well as good news on the injury front or eligibility front for a BYU safety that we'll get to next. Also coming up, we'll get to the former Cougars in the pros. Before we do all that, though, do need to tell you about today's sponsor on the show. That is our good friends at Sling TV. Sling TV is here for all of your college football and college sports needs. For just $30 a month, you get the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and more. They make sure that you are taken care of when it comes to all the college sports you can handle. You can stream it on your big screen TV and across all of your favorite devices. Sling TV's motto is it gives you the live TV you love, only better. There are no useless channels with Sling TV. You pick the lineup you want. Sling TV provides it for you. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You know exactly what you're paying for with that channel lineup right up front, and that's what you should pay every month, and you can cancel it at any time. Locked on Cougars listeners, they've got a special offer with Sling TV right now. You can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Check it out, guys. Seven-day free trial to see if Sling TV is the right option for you. I would encourage you to give it a try and see if Sling TV is the answer for all your television needs. Once again, sling.com slash locked on. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. You are locked on Cougars. This is your daily source when it comes to all things BYU news notes and insider information you can't find anywhere else. We are available everywhere fine podcasts are to be found. And the nice part is with with how technology is developing, you don't even need to look us up. All you got to do is say, hey, Siri, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and it'll play right there on your phone for you. Tell your smart speaker the same thing. Play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll hear us there. Technology is a wonderful thing. You can do it all with your voice. And you can listen to the best and latest when it comes to BYU sports with this podcast. All right, need to get to some notes on the BYU football program for you here. A long first segment, but it is signing day. So we always enjoy talking about guys who are joining the BYU football program. But let's shift our attention to seven players who are being honored for their play on the field for the Cougars this past season. Phil Steele, the foremost authority when it comes to college football. His college football preview is my Bible when it comes to the offseason as well as during the season. I read it from cover to cover every year. Phil Steele honored seven BYU players with his all-independent teams that were released today. 
Uh, four uh, first-team honors honorees went to defensive lineman Urban Kafusi, linebacker Sione Takitaki, offensive tackle Austin Hoyt, and tight end Matt Bushman. Uh, Second-team selections included Isaiah Kafusi, linebacker for BYU, punter Rhett Almond, and long snapper Mitch Harris. So congratulations to the seven BYU players being honored there. Kafusi, of course, not going to play in the bowl game this Friday. Finished the season with eight and a half sacks. I felt like he was on track for a 10-sack season, but injuries kind of derailed that goal. Matt Bushman, a second-team honoree. He leads the team currently with 459 receiving yards on 25 receptions, 18 yards per catch. He's also got six touchdowns this season, so some great players being honored on this team. Congratulations to them. Sione Takitaki leading the team in total tackles with 99 on the season, 65 of those solo. So, those seven players, let's recap real quick. First team goes to defensive lineman Corbin Kafusi, linebacker Sione Takitaki, offensive tackle Austin Hoyt, and tight end Matt Bushman. And then second team honorees include Isaiah Kafusi, Rhett Almond, and Mitch Harris. So congratulations to those seven players. Some good news in terms of eligibility for a BYU safety. Uh, Jay Drew reporting earlier this afternoon, uh, actually just minutes ago as of recording of this podcast, we're recording about 2.30 in the afternoon, but Jay Drew reporting that BYU has reported, so get that chain of custody, BYU reporting that senior safety Sawyer Powell will retain one year of eligibility after having a medical hardship waiver granted, and he will return in 2019 to play his senior season. Uh, I was expected he was going to leave the program, but he comes back next year to bolster depth for the Cougars, and that is good news if you're a BYU fan. I felt like he was a good player in spurts for the Cougars this year in relief duty, so congratulations to him on getting that year back. And then finally, one story I wanted to get to here was a heartwarming story. Jared Lloyd from the Daily Herald wrote this. I wasn't aware of this until he wrote it, but an awesome story all the same. Uh, BYU of course on their recruiting weekends brings players in and they go snowmobile a lot of times up above Sundance, the ski resort in Provo Canyon. Well, as they were driving back down the canyon, Matt Ayu, who is a BYU football analyst, um, said that they saw a car that had driven off a 15 to 20 foot drop in the canyon there, was straddling a riverbed or a stream that looked like it might the car might tip over and there was a woman um, right by the car. Uh, Ayu, I'll read the quote here from Jared Lloyd's story. It says, quote, the girl was outside of her door crying. She was lucky that the car didn't tip because it was very narrow. Her car was straddling the stream but tilted a little bit and leaning. If she went any further, the car could have well tipped into the stream on the driver's side or been completely in the water. We tried to find the safest way down through the snow on that 20-foot drop. Um, So... Matt Ayu, Harvey Unga, who is a graduate assistant for BYU, and also BYU uh, BYU Vice President Matthew Richardson all climbed down to help the woman. Uh, she was in shock. Uh, Matt Ayu actually has a background in law enforcement, so was helping her out. And there was also eight recruits in the cars being driv- driven by Unga and Ayu on their recruiting trip who got out of the car, offered to come help. They told them, hey, stay by the cars. We'll get her up to the road, etc. They got her up there. And these players, to their credit, these young men, 18 years old, 
could easily have just been like, yeah, whatever, I'm not worried about it. But they were engaged. They helped this woman out. So this is just a very heartwarming story. I'm going to link the story in the show notes here. You can read about it. Hats off to Jared Lloyd for getting the story, getting quotes from IU about it, and just an awesome story all around. So hats off to Matt IU, Harvey Unga, uh, President Richardson, and the eight recruits who are unidentified. And I can understand why they'd be unidentified for being involved with this and helping this woman out because it's a scary situation but good to hear it had a good outcome despite the bad nature of what they found when they came upon the wreck so i'm glad to hear everybody's safe from what it sounds like and hats off to the byu players coaches and administrators involved in that story all right, we will step aside here. We'll come back, get you updated on former Cougars and the pros. Week 15 in the books in the NFL. Need to update you on how all the guys played over the weekend. Uh, big opportunity for Jamal Williams potentially in Green Bay that we need to talk about, as well as some play on the field from players like um, Bronson Kafusi, who finally saw action for the New York Jets. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome on back to Locked On Cougars. As we close out today's show, want to recap former Cougars and the pros for you, how they did over the weekend. Um, I've been doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms of looking up the information on these players, but I actually found a resource that I'm going to use, and I'm going to give a, a tip of the cap to this man. He does a great job. He has runs his own website covering BYU recruiting and also other BYU news. It is BYUinsider.com. Tyler Christensen does an incredible job. You can find him at BYU underscore insider on Twitter. Want to give him a shout out for doing the heavy lifting for me because guess what? When you have somebody else that's doing the work for you, we, I've been doing kind of this research trying to find notes on BYU players and the pros. Well, he's done a great job summarizing it, so I'm going to give him a tip of the cap and thank him for his help this week because I didn't have a chance to go through and do as thorough of a search for BYU, former BYU players in the NFL. So let's start off here. Michael Davis started once again for at cornerback for the LA Chargers in their 29-28 win over Kansas City. Big victory for the Chargers. They now have they're now tied with Kansas City for the best record in the AFC. Uh, gunning for that home field advantage would be a great story to see the Chargers do that. And Michael Davis, a big part of it. He had a pass breakup in this game as well as four solo tackles. Played every defensive snap once again for the Chargers in this game. So congratulations on the win to the Chargers and the play by Michael Davis. Uh, there's a Twitter uh, out, a Twitter bite out there of him celebrating his pass breakup. Kind of cool to see that. John Denny can 
continued his Ironman streak for the Miami Dolphins in their 41-17 loss to Minnesota. Continues to get it done at long snapper, had 10 snaps at long snapper, had no stats in the loss. He now has 14 games played this season. Ironman streak still alive. One tackle and three assisted tackles on the season. Taysom Hill in New Orleans came on as a substitute at quarterback in their 12-9 win over Carolina on Monday night. He had one carry for 17 yards. Also had one assisted tackle on special teams. Swiss Army knife that Taysom is. Didn't have any kick returns in this game, but he did get plenty of action. Saw 12 snaps on offense, 18 on special teams. Congratulations to Taysom. Continues to do great things for New Orleans. And every time he's in the game, I don't know if any of you guys watch these games, every time he does anything minute, he is getting gushed over. It's just cool to see. I mentioned before the break, Bronson Kafusi saw his first action for the New York Jets. He was active in their 29-22 loss to Houston. He played three snaps on defense, seven snaps on special teams, and recorded no stats. But good to see Bronson Kafusi back at the top level and to get him back into the NFL with the active roster for the Jets. Hopefully he can play well down the stretch here and earn himself a roster spot going into next season. Kyle Van Noy in New England. Uh, started in a 17-10 loss to Pittsburgh. He finished the game with three solo tackles, a 10-yard sack, one tackle for loss, and a quarterback hurry. So a great game from Kyle Van Noy individually despite the gut punch loss that New England suffered to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Van Noy continuing to have a stellar season himself. Uh, another linebacker from BYU, Fred Warner, started once again in a surprise 26-23 win over Seattle for the 49ers. Fred Warner had four solo tackles and five assisted tackles nine total on the game he played all the snaps on defense 75 of them Uh, he's now number 19 in the NFL in total tackles number 16 in solo tackles he's got 72 solo tackles on the season 32 assisted tackles so he has broken the 100 tackle uh, barrier when it comes to uh, NFL and it's just awesome to see. Fred Warner, third round draft pick, continues to get it done. He's having a great rookie campaign and hats go off to him. Daniel Sorensen, the safety for the Kansas City Chiefs, came on as a substitute in Kansas City's 29-28 loss to the Chargers. He had three solo tackles playing just over half of the snaps on defense for the Chiefs. Um, he had He's got one game as a starter this year, four of them as a substitute battling back from that injury he suffered in training camp and here's hoping that Daniel Sorensen has a good couple of weeks in the final weeks of the season and on into the playoffs for the Chiefs. Alright and finally one note I wanted to mention is Jamal Williams here. I mentioned it multiple times on the podcast teasing this. He came on as a substitute in their 24-17 loss to the Chicago Bears but he did carry the ball for 12 times for 55 yards and a touchdown also caught 4 passes for 42 yards and now with the news that Aaron Jones, his backfield running mate, having suffered a knee injury that will end his season. He's been placed on injured reserve. Jamal Williams is the only active running back as of recording this podcast on the Packers roster. I expect I'll probably sign somebody off a practice squad to help bolster that depth, but Jamal Williams should be the starting running back for the remainder of the season for the Green Bay Packers. They're out of playoff contention, but it is a chance now for him to show interim head coach Joe Philbin and the front office what he can do when he is the guy once again 
line for Green Bay. So congratulations to Jamal Williams. I saw somebody note that he's gone over a thousand career rushing yards now. So just awesome to see. Congratulations, Jamal Williams, getting it done in Green Bay, having a great game this past Saturday. Had a great celebration when he did score that touchdown. All right, there you go. That is the notes on the former Cougars and the pros. Uh, We have gone really close to the 30-minute threshold on this podcast. Thanks for bearing with me. It's been a blast to bring the show to you today. We'll come back tomorrow, get some thoughts from Kalani Satake on the recruiting class in general. He'll be speaking to the media today at some point about that up there in Boise, and we'll play those comments for you. We'll also get you ready for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on Friday as as well as recapping everything else you need to know when it comes to BYU sports. Thanks again for joining me. Today's show, a reminder that we are brought to you by Sling TV. Get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. We'll be back tomorrow with the latest when it comes to BYU news and notes. Thanks again for joining me. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Cougars, on Facebook at Locked on Cougars, or at my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Thanks again for your continued support here on the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for December 19th, 2018. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.